0: Good morning. Hallelujah. You know, one of these days we're going to hear that last trump sound, and the body of Christ is going to rise up into heaven to be with the Lord forever. Amen. One of these days, I'm telling you right now, one of these days, we are going to be reunited with our Lord, one body, one Lord, one church, one baptism, His bride forever and ever with Jesus Christ. Amen. And that excites me every time I hear that shofar blow. Thank you so much for playing that with us and playing that for us. Well, if you're joining us this morning, we want to uh, welcome you here, ask you to fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you, place an offering place that comes around so we can have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well as you consider being right here in the sanctuary with us in person, come and experience what God is doing in Robson Avenue Baptist Church. And so you got to be here to feel it, and you got to be here to be a part of that. So come on, get off the couch and get in the pew and get plugged in on what God is doing at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. You're going to find out that whatever distance you're driving, it's going to be worth it when you get here. In fact, someone told me the other day said Robinson Avenue is the best kept secret in Conference Code. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. (laughs) That's the problem. We shouldn't be a secret. It should be well known everywhere. Now, With that being said, though, I want to share with you a personal secret. Uh, And so, as, as good as I am at remembering names, I do miss one or two on occasion. And so, some of you may know that I got to take Betsy out to dinner last night. One of you, yes, one of you blessed us here in the church. You know who you are. God bless you. Thank you for that blessing. We were able to take Betsy out to dinner last night to celebrate her birthday. And you know what? She doesn't look a day older, does she? No. He looks wonderful. So, anyways, with that being said, we got to go to Texas Roadhouse. That's, like, my favorite place. And thank you for, you know who you are to bless me and Betsy. Yeah, we went to Texas Roadhouse. And every time I go to Texas Roadhouse, though, something happens. You know what that is? You know, you start stuff something bad. It's always something kind of funny, though. And so we're sitting at the table. We've already had our tea and our, you know, those rolls are to die for, aren't they? With that cinnamon, honey, butter, you know. We were in there, and I just had a mouthful of that roll. Now, all of a sudden, this lady scoops over. I've never seen her before in my life. And she says, I've seen you before somewhere. Now, all of a sudden, that fear, because Betsy had went up, and she went to the ladies' room, and I was up all by myself, and that fear came over me. You know what fear I'm talking about? That fear that says, I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you came from, and why are you talking to me, right? <laughs> she scoops up. She says, I've seen you before, but I've seen you in a church somewhere. And I was like, that's possible. That is very possible. I've preached at a bunch of them in my lifetime. She said, no, no, no. I see you on TV. I see you on YouTube all the time. And I was like, you want an Then she said, she said, no, I've actually came a time or two visited. She said, but it's been a while. I came a time or two. And I don't remember her from Adam, y'all. So I did that pastor trick. I said, well, it's good to see you again, sister. God bless you. I hope she got here. with the so. and stuff. Maybe she joining all the line.'" Well, that's confession time. I did not remember your name. It was good to see you again, sister. God bless you. hope to see you tomorrow morning. And then out of a sudden she scoot back over, and then comes Betsy back. And I'm thinking, she sat down. Betsy was like, who's that lady?" Betsy was like, I'm telling on Betsy now. Betsy was like, I've never seen her before in my life. So I was not alone in that. So anyways, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for praying for us. And thank you, Jesus, for another year in Betsy's life. Well, I do have some announcements I want to share with you all. Uh, First things first, today we have a very busy day. If you're on the ministry team, if you're a department head, of course you know who you are, we have a meeting today at 4 p.m. We're going to be in the office building. Choir practice will be at 4.30. That's going to be over in the choir room. And then evening service at 6 p.m. right here. for going to be a part of those things. Uh, Wednesday night services uh, at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. In the meantime, though, I want to remind you that our ladies Bible study is usually Tuesdays at 9.30 in the morning. 6.30 is on hold for a little while. They take their summer break, and I think they're going to pick back up after the ladies' retreat in August. So please prayerfully consider being a part of those things. Men's Bible study, however, does continue, and that'll pick up Thursday at 6:30. And this Thursday they're going to be over in the office building as CHAS, our Christian Homeschool Educator Support Service, finishes up with their graduations and their last services that week. So uh, please prayerfully consider being a part of those things. We have lots of things happening at Rock Valley Baptist Church. But there are some, some events coming up I want to invite you to. And first of all, coming up May 19th, we are having an Operation Christmas Child shipping fundraiser dinner. And I'm going to let Ms. Esther tell us a little bit more about it. Man, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Aster. So, more details are outside in the foyer, and sign-up sheets are out there as well. Also, we'll be having another OCC fundraising Ms. is going to head up. That's going to be our yard sale. It's going to come up at the end of May, and so those tables are available. Now, you can start securing and reserving a place. If you've got some stuff you want to get rid of, uh, this is the place to do it at. So, we'll put it up on the marquee. We'll, we'll put it out on the flyers and out on our uh, slides, so it'll be well advertised, and uh, so you'll have lots of people coming. I believe there's going to be lots of vendors this year as well. So uh, if you're interested in that, and you get with this Esther, you can get with the office either to get your tickets or to get your table reserved for that yard sale. All right. With that being said, mm-hmm. try to make it to that one, so that was a good one, I was intricately involved in some of the dialogue, so interesting thought there, alright, uh, with that, I think that's all of our announcements, unless I've forgotten something, so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and after we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another, Father God, we come to you now in Jesus' name, we want to thank the opportunity to be in your house, Lord, this morning, and as we worship you, may we worship you in truth and spirit, we're asking you to send your spirit. We ask you, Lord God, to open our hearts. We ask you, Lord God, to open our minds, our eyes, and our ears, Lord, that we might hear from you, and we might see you, Lord God, and that we might truly worship you this morning. Let today be the day, Lord God, that revival breaks forth. Let today be the day, Lord God, that souls are saved, that hearts have changed, Lord, that the wayward sons are coming home. Let today be the day, Lord, that revival breaks forth in Robert's you And I'm asking that you be glorified and magnified in it. And I pray, Lord, that you go with us now as we worship you, with in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, would you please rise and welcome one another? If you would, please make your way back to your seats. I have one more announcement I need to share with you.
1: Come on.
0: You want to do it? Oh, okay. As you make your way back to your seats, I have an announcement I want to share with you. Uh, this comes from the Reynolds family. Some of you may know them quite pro- well. Michael, their son, is graduating, and he's going to have a graduation party on May 28th from 2.30 to 5.30 on the Rain Uphill. Uh, that's 2967 Dogwood Drive in Kipner. If you're interested in that, you can RSVP to Michael or to uh, Brenda, either one. And so uh, with that being said, we have another announcement for the church. Come on up, Hallelujah! Did you sing a little louder? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord, our God is good. All the time, God is good. Whew. I am so grateful for the rain that we're having. I am. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, Jesus, for the coolness. It is May, y'all, and uh, we're already getting days in the 80s, and then we're we'll get that little break in the thunderstorms and we get back down in the 60s and 70s. Feels good, doesn't it? Well, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up, please, in the book of 2 Timothy. Now, we're not going to stay there. It's 2 Timothy, we're going to be in chapter 2. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Tyler, this message is the cup. The cup. And I'll be honest with you, it's actually going to start a sermon series for us on the cup. And we're going to learn a little about the cup. Yes, I know, next week is Mother's Day. And that's, that's a warning for you guys out there, right? Little little heads-up alarm there. Mother's Day is coming up. in And so I want to share something with you that you may not know. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church has a wonderful tradition. And that wonderful tradition is every mother that comes to service Sunday morning, that's here inside the sanctuary, then Robertson Avenue gives a $5 donation to Hope Pregnancy Center. So, you know, Next Sunday is the day to bring every mom you can find, Amen. And so let's see if we can do that and get that donation out to Hope Pregnancy Center. On top of that, though, you might just get a carnation while you're at it. So blessed be the name of the Lord. The title of this morning's message is the Cup, the Cup. And so I want you to think a little bit about what it means to be a Christian cup. Look with me, please, to Second Timothy chapter two, starting verse twenty, verse twenty-one. The Bible says. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Bless us as we look into your word. Teach us touch it with your spirit, Lord. And I pray, Father, there be a single person, Lord, the need to come to know your personal Lord and Savior, whether they're here in the sanctuary, whether they're online, Lord, would you let today be the day they pray and ask for your forgiveness and ask you into their heart and into their lives, Lord. And I pray if there'll be anyone here, Lord God, they need to get their walk right with you. Would you let today be the day they come back home, and we give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Did you catch that in Second Timothy chapter 2? In a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And I used to love as a young preacher to preach on this, about how God has the right to make you whatever kind of vessel he wants. Can I get an amen on that? He can make you any kind of vessel he wants. And so uh, I like to think of myself, obviously, as a coffee cup. (laughs) What kind of coffee cup are you? So today, though, we're looking at cups, and though I need you to understand vessels is and, and, and uh, actually implies uh, something to drink out of here if we get into Second Timothy, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that later on. It's not overly important this morning, but we are looking at cups, cups that are offering that have a, a liquid in them, a drink in them. Some of these vessels are wood, some are earthenware or clay, some are honor, and some are to dishonor and What does that mean? It doesn't mean that they're thrown away. It doesn't mean they're not used. It means they're not the kind that break out for the fancy dinners. It's not the kind that the family pulls out for Thanksgiving or when the family reunion starts. Now, if you were to come to the Morrison household, you would see that our fancy glasses are raising Cane's cups. eh? Verse 21, though, the Bible says, Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel to honor Sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. So you need to really pay attention to verse 21 this morning. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself. So we understand what the Bible says. We understand what it means. You can only be saved by grace, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. But there is some Christian responsibility that you have got to take on yourself, and that's called personal cleansing. Look here again at verse 21. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself, from these things, He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. There things that we need to do as a Christian. I started out this morning sharing with you. I love to preach this when I was a young minister about what it means to be someone out serving the water of life but having a dirty cup. In fact, if you went to a restaurant and you were to order your unsweet iced tea and it arrives to you and there was a big old lipstick ring on it, you'd probably send it back, wouldn't you? And that's what happens when we try to serve the water of life in unclean vessel to a world that expects the church to live holy. And we, they send it back. The same with the bread of life. you want to try to serve the bread of life on a dirty plate, they're going to send it back to you. You won't even take regular food like that, though we try to do it in the church. Well, they should understand. They should overlook. They should understand that I dislike doing these things. No, 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 no. No, if you're a Christian, you've got to depart from iniquity, the Bible says. In fact, we've got to start cleansing ourselves. And I want to give you another warning out there. My Bible tells me in the book of Peter that judgment begins at the house of God. So we need to learn to cleanse ourselves. I want to take a look at that. We have got a nice picture up here of a coffee cup. And somebody has squashed that coffee cup. And I know I'm going to get some hateful emails this week saying, Wasting coffee is a sin, Josh. Don't I know it? Don't I know it? Don't I know it? That is the comfort juice of the morning. Amen? And some people have learned that if you open up your coffee pot, there's a hole in the middle, and you can just put your straw right down in there, and you don't even have to get a cup. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Some folks like coffee that much. And so, I want you to think of yourself as a Christian cup this morning. I want you to think about a cup and what it means to be a cup. And not just a cup, but a cup that we've been commanded, we've been commanded to check ourselves and to cleanse ourselves. As Christians, though, we're a vessel for use in God's kingdom. We just read that in the book of Timothy there. We are cups. And notice that those cups that I put down there, that's for capital. That's because we're beginning the sermon series this morning on cups. We're going to go through three weeks of cups. And we are, of course, those cups. And so what does cups stand for? Christians under pressure. Christians under pressure. Pressure. And you know, there's a lot of it in the modern day church. There's a lot of pressure. And the world is pressing on us, saying, You need to be like us. And people in the church are saying, Don't do that, do this. And of course, we have all the spiritual pressures as well. The spiritual pressures. And I like to call those Christian cups. Christians under pressure. Remember, though, we're supposed to be cleansing ourselves. So, here's where it starts as cups this morning. Here's where it starts. Remember verse 21 of the the Baith Institute? Therefore, a man cleanses himself from these things, to be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. A vessel that God honors. Now, it doesn't matter if you're made out of gold. It doesn't matter if you're made out of earthenware or clay. It doesn't matter if you're made out of silver or some kind of precious stone. It is a vessel that He honors. We like to think of those honored vessels as the ones that look the most extravagant, don't we? Well, not necessarily. Like I said, you come to my house, the most fought after cup is a Razor Cain's cup. I'm telling you the truth. That is fine China in my house. Whatever the case may be, though, you have a responsibility to cleanse yourself. We are Christians under pressure, and that pressure does mount on us. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be cups and what it means to be serving the water of life, and what it means when somebody bumps us, like you saw in the picture there as a cup, and what's supposed to be coming out of us when we get jostled or when we get slothed, what's supposed to be coming out of our lives, out of our hearts. Instead, we're putting out something else. We do have a responsibility to be clean cups. Supposed to be that, like I said before, I started when I was a young minister focusing in on what it means to be a clean cup. If you went down to the restaurant, just down the road and they offered you your afternoon meal on a dirty plate, you'd probably send it right back. At least I hope you would. If not, then I'm not gonna eat what you eat. I'm not gonna do that. But we need to be those clean cups. And so the question is, big. how exactly do we do that? How do we cleanse ourselves like the Bible says? Well, let me be honest with you. You can't get in the shower. Wash off filth like that. You can't do it. What you do do though, and you're going to find the scriptures here in a minute. What you do do is begin, we need to start thinking of ourselves as cups. A lot of us don't think of ourselves as cups. We think of ourselves as something God uses more extravagantly. I think there's the majority of modern day Christians think we're all the next Billy Graham. Or we think we're all the next great teacher. We think we're all the next uh, wonderful evangelist in God's kingdom. We all do. We get that idea of it. I'm the best singer. I'm the best preacher. I'm the best teacher. No one has got it quiet like me. Well, deep down inside, we are just cups. Just cups to be used by the Master. That's right. You're a Christian cup. And that means whatever is inside of you had better be Christian. Come on, say amen. Now, I want you to think of the busiest place on earth, if you would. The busiest place on earth. Now, this photo, and I know I'm taking a little time here this morning. This photo was taken in Tokyo, Japan. That is what it's like to get on one of their people-moving subways or trains. And you should see them as these people are getting ready to come out. They're only backed up a few feet to let all the people out. you got to see them going in. Get them absurd to watch them go in this train. They'll file in, push in. They'll grab each other and carry each other in. And they will pack that train, as you can see in the window. They'll pack that train to every single inch of human-living people. You think you could carry a couple of coffees through that crowd? I guarantee you, if you tried, you know, here in America, we would say, "I'm going to do it." We got to have our coffee, amen. But if you tried that in that crowd in Tokyo, Japan, somebody was going to bump you or to jostle you. It's inevitable and it's unavoidable with that kind of people around. Here's a little spiritual truth for you this morning. When we become God's cups, God's vessels to be used, it is inevitable and unavoidable that somebody is going to bump you, jostle you, or swash you. And the question I have for you is, what overflows? What overflows? In fact, the Bible backs up what I just said there. Look at me in Luke seventeen one, And he said to his disciples, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks should come. But woe to him to whom they come. Now, I like my old King James a little bit better there. It actually says in Luke seventeen one, it says, It is impossible, but that offenses should come. Somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to bump your cup. Somebody's going to hit your arm, causing you to slosh your coffee. And the question I have for you is, What in the world is inside your cup? Because it had better be Christian. It's supposed to be, isn't it? If we are his Christian cup, we're supposed to be serving something Christian. I don't know about you, but uh, I could think many times in my life when I was a younger Christian, when something didn't go my way, I didn't exactly respond the way I was supposed to. As a Christian cup, you're going to get jostled. Now listen to me, you're going to get hurried. You're going to get raffled. You're going to get frazzled. You're going to get insulted. You're going to get delayed. You're going to get denied. And I promise you, as a Christian, you will get discriminated against. The question is, when your cup gets washed, what comes out? What comes out? Well, the Bible tells us what's supposed to come out. Look at me again in John 4, verse 14. For whoever drinks of the water, that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water, springing up to eternal life. You, Christians, are supposed to have a cup of the water of life. And you're supposed to serve it to a lost and dying and needing world. And instead, we oftentimes put other things in the cup, don't we? Well, that's what we're supposed to be in our cups is the water of life. And when somebody bumps into us, Jesus is supposed to spill out. Did you catch that from John 4, 14? I'll give you a drink, and what water I give you will well up and become life eternal. It's supposed to spill out over us, but that's not always what happens, is it? In fact, if you get behind some of our Baptists nowadays on the road, and you know what comes out of them is they have roten faith. You ever sit behind someone that stops sign a little too long, and you're thinking, move yourself! <laughs> But we are Christians under pressure. And let me tell you, there's a lot of pressure in the world today. Lots of pressure in the world today. And the pressure comes from unexpected places, in unexpected ways, from unexpected people. I don't know about you, but it's easy to think of the devil pressuring us. Amen? It's easy to think of the world trying to tempt us with pressure. Amen? It's easy, easy to think of your own flesh giving you pressure, saying, hey, you need to give in to this. But oftentimes, the pressure comes from, guess what? Other people. Christian it comes from other Christians. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning as we realize we're cups and what's supposed to come out of us is the water of life. Not the water of selfishness, not the water of what I need or what I want, but the water that's supposed to bring forth eternal life. It's cups we need to recognize are being sloshed as an the expected part of the job. That's why in my house all the cups are Raising Cane's cups. Because if you drop them, they'd be what? They don't break. If I had those honorable glass cups, what's going to happen? If I had those gold cups, they're going to dent when they get drunk. I still got young kids at home. Not just that, but Betsy has a short, fat, clumsy husband. And you know the bad things are, is I still spill things on occasion. Of course, uh, I usually try my best to have it cleaned up before Betsy finds out about it. But sometimes it's inevitable. She'll come in and be like, what happened here? I'm like, kidding? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I fess up to it. The cups we need to recognize that being sloshed is an expected part of the job. We are going to get offended. We are going to get attacked. We're going to get accused. We're going to get bumped. We're going to get jostled. And what's supposed to slosh out of you is the water of life. But instead, we are given to the world whatever they're hitting us with, and that tells me something. That tells me, now listen to me for a second. Come in close and listen. That tells me that we're walking around with some empty cups. And if we're walking around with empty cups, it's time for us to get a refill. It's time for us to come back to Jesus and say, Lord, fill the cup up because it's empty. If all I can give back to the world is the same hate and anger that it's given me, then I need to go back and get a refill of Jesus because Jesus said, I'm supposed to be pouring out waters of life eternal. cups, though. We need to remember, we're supposed to please ourselves if you read that too. So here's what Jesus said. Look took me in Matthew 12, 34 to 35. He says, you brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. And that's really what I'm talking about right there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, says the old king James out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. In other words, what's it done? Your heart comes out of your mouth. It comes out there's nothing you can do about it. If you are filling your heart up with things that aren't the water of life, what's going to come out is not the water of life. Especially when somebody bumps you or jostles you or harasses you or causes you to spill a little bit. What do you think is going to come out when it's not the water of life there? You ever heard that old saying before, you are what you eat? Surely you have. Take a good look at you. Somebody said, Pastor, you eat a lot of Twinkies, don't you? (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. My point is this, though, you are what you eat. And incidentally, you will say what you feed on. So if you start feeding on the things of the world, what's going to come out of you when you get jostled, when you get bumped, when you get frazzled, harassed? discriminated against is the same way the world has been given to you. Well, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to respond in a Christian-loving way. What comes out of us is the water of life. Amen? The Bible tells us in verse 35 of Matthew 12, here the good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is evil. If you are a Christian, and you are a cup, a Christian under pressure, it's time for you to start coming back to the Lord. It's time for you to get a refill time for you to say, Lord, I'm running dry, and not because not because I've been giving it to people who need to be saved, but because I've allowed the world to bump it out of me, to pour it out of me, to knock it out of me, and I have been too proud to go back and say, Lord, I need some more time for us to be kind. You know what that's called? It's called repentance. In other words, listen to me now. If we were to put John of uh, Matthew chapter 12, the work there, what comes out of you and how you respond is a direct reflection of what is in your heart. you ever met a Christian who could curse? Surely you have. And then you have to ask yourself this question. If the Bible's true, and it is true, then what's in their heart? Because if that curse word is coming out, it's a direct picture of what's in their hearts. Let me be honest with you for a second. Are you ready now? Let me just speak to you. I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I want to tell you uh, a Christian truth here. Never will you find someone who's getting closer to God, someone who gets closer and closer to God, being more cursing. No, no, no. It's completely opposite. The further you get from God, the more you will say those things. The more you'll act that way, and the more you'll behave that way. And so we need to realize what the Bible says is absolutely positive true. the truth. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of you and how you respond is a direct reflection of what is in your heart. We need to cleanse that, though. And so the question is, is how do we do that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked because, you know, the typical Baptist answer, and I'm not putting down Baptist, I'm a very proud Baptist, but my the typical Baptist answer was, oh, come to the altar and say a prayer. But well, you know what? That's not what the Bible told us in the book of Timothy. It, did it. it says, if a man cleanses himself. So we're going to take a look at a gentleman, at a man, who to himself, who decided, I'm going to keep myself pure, who decided, I'm going to do the right thing, even when the world is doing the wrong thing. I'm not going along with the world. I'm going to go along with Jesus. We need to be that kind of person. If you're going to be a cup under an honor, you need to be that kind of person. In fact, the first guy we're going to look at this morning in our sermon series is Daniel. Daniel, one of my favorite prophets, one of my favorite Old Testament people, Daniel. He is the person that we need to learn from this morning. If we're going to be the cup, he called us to be, then we definitely need to learn from Daniel. He overcame numerous challenges and obstacles in his spiritual walk. Daniel did. Daniel had a life of misery up until he decided God is the altar. of, God is the finisher, and He'll take me where I need to be. Enjoy. Every time. And we can learn a lot from Daniel in a lot of ways. But I pulled out three things this morning that I think every Christian needs a little work on. Every Christian needs to turn to. Remember, now we're Christians under pressure. And Christians under pressure, we often spill our cup. We get jostled, and we get frazzled, and we get harassed, and we get hurried, and we get insulted, and we sometimes respond in the same way. But when we're full of the water of life, what comes out is the water of life, not what the world is trying to get us to do. Now let's take a look at Daniel here. Remember, if you're going to be the cup, he's called us to be, then we definitely need to learn from Daniel. So what did Daniel do? What did he do? Well, the Bible first tells us in Daniel 1, verse 8 that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor would the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuch that he might not defile himself. Now, I need you to understand just a hair bit of background on this. Daniel's family has been destroyed. Daniel's way of life has been destroyed. Daniel's perspective and worldview has been completely turned upside down because he has lost everything he held dear. He has been moved forcibly by an enemy army into another city, into another state, into another country under threat of being killed by this army. And there he's now being trained and being educated in a way that would be offensive to a Jewish person. The Bible tells us in Daniel 1 verse 8 that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Let me be a little bit frank with you. What happened was they brought these Jews in and they took a look at him and said, you guys aren't exactly the way we want you to be. We want you to look a certain way. We want you to look as good as we think you should look. You ever met somebody like that? You ever met somebody that's come to you and said, you don't look the way I think you should look? Listen to me, girls, for just a minute. You're going to meet men out there who tell you you're not good enough and that you don't look good enough. But I want you to know that God made you the way you are. And you don't have to change anything for anybody. You need a purpose in your heart that you will not defile yourself. You will hold on to God. Somebody say amen this morning. Don't you let the world change you in the way you're thinking. You stay with God and stay with His Word and you'll find yourself victorious. Don't you let this world change. And men, oftentimes. We let the world tell us what's cool or what we need to be a part of if we want the women to like us. You know what a woman really likes? A man who really loves. I didn't get a lot of amens on that. (laughs) Think about it for a second. The world has really affected us. The world has put in our mind's eye what what they think is attractive. And they think it's attractive is appealing, charisma, right? What God says is attractive is faithfulness, is loving care, is kindness. is somebody who will protect, someone who will provide, and someone who will be there through thick and thin. He does not leave nor does he forsake his family. No, no, no. He's a real man. That's attractive in God's eyes. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. This, These particular people, we want you to look the way we think is attractive. We want you to put on some weight, Daniel. You guys aren't eating the way we think you should eat. Let me tell you, Jews are kosher. They live kosher. They don't eat pork. They don't eat shellfish. I don't know about you, but uh, don't go to dinner on Friday night with a Jew because you're not getting shrimp. Amen. With that being said, though, they wanted Daniel and his people to put on a little weight. They wanted to put on. They wanted to put on some muscle mass. Because the protein would be there. And the protein would be easy. It would be cheap when it's pork. It would be cheap when it's something else. And they said, you need to eat it like this. And Daniel purposes in his heart. Now, you he need to understand, verse 8. That doesn't mean, I know he goes and he asks for the chief of the eunuch for permission, but that doesn't mean that if the chief of the eunuch said, no, I ain't doing it, then he wasn't going to do it. No, Daniel has already purposed in his heart. I will not go along with what the world wants. I will go along with what... God wants. He'd already purposed it in there. And I promise you right now as sure as the sun will rise tomorrow morning that when you put God first in your life you will have victory. might not be the way you think it will be but you will have victory when you trust in God's word. Here's Daniel and it's the first thing we need to do is learn from Daniel. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. I'm not going to eat what the world is feeding me. Now, we need to look at that for just a second. We can look at it in a couple of ways. Number one, that Babylon wanted them to look a certain way, the way they thought was attractive, to dress a certain way, to act a certain way, to speak a certain way. That's what they thought was attractive. And Daniel said, I can't be a part of that. I'm going to be God's man no matter where I am or what I'm doing or what happens to me. I'm going to be with God no matter what. But we need to look at it another way. Look at it, something like this. We don't have to swallow everything the world is trying to feed us. Amen? We are not gullible. We are not starving to death. We've got the bread of life. We've got the water of life. It's the world that's starving to death. And we're supposed to be offering them what they're supposed to eat. The problem is, though, is we get swashed around. Remember, we're cups under pressure. We get jostled a little bit. And we start losing a little bit of our patience. We start losing a little bit of what God wants us to do. And instead, we end up empty inside. Pastor, it's time for you to come back home. Pastor, it's time for you to say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you in my heart and I need you in my life. Pastor, you say, Pastor, I'm not saved at all. Let me tell you, you're in a world of trouble. You're in a world of trouble. It's time for you to get saved. Now, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile us. Church, we need the purpose in our hearts right now that we will not defile ourselves with anything the world says we should be doing. Let me give you a list of those quickly. Number one, it doesn't matter what the world says. A man is still a man no matter what surgeries he goes through. No matter what he identifies as, or what he puts on his birth certificate. He is still a man. And a woman is still a woman no matter what she goes around calling herself, what color she dyes her hair, or what sexual orientation she says she is. She is still a woman. And we don't have to eat any more of that malarkey. No. We are God's people, and we need to start purposing in our hearts not to eat that stuff. It will defile you. It will. Yeah, we had an old saying when I used to work in the prison. That old saying was somebody sold you a hog. You know what that means? A hog. A pig. Somebody sold you a hog. You know what that means? It means that somebody sold you a, a hog telling you it was really good and that it was full of, of meat and good bacon and when you cut it open it was nothing but fat. Some of us buy bacon like that at Walmart all the time, don't we? Here's my point, though. Somebody sold you a hog. If you will buy into what the world is trying to give us as truth, then you bought a hog that you thought was going to be meat, but really it's nothing but fat and it's not good for you. It will destroy you. It will ruin your family. It will ruin your relationship with God. It will ruin your relationship in the church. Get yourself back into the Word of God, back with God's people, and start purposing in your heart that you will not defile yourself with a portion of the king's meat. Daniel did. If you're going to be a cup that cleanses itself, that's the first thing we need to do. We need to start determining, start purposing, start telling ourselves we will not defile ourselves. That's one right there we took a look at right there of how the world says a man could be a woman and a woman could be a man. I would love for those people to go out into the field and grab a bull and say, this is a cow. I would love for them to grab a cow and say, this is a bull. I want them to grab a bunch of roosters and say, How come it's not giving me eggs? It identifies as a hen. These people are crazy, aren't they? You know what? You know what? i got to say this. Forgive me for saying it. This is my own soapbox right here. This is something that has really been in the news lately and it's really bothering me. Did you know that we took a real live black woman off of a box of spirits and put a fake white woman on a beer? Has anybody noticed this insanity? Is anybody else grabbing a hold of this and saying, what's wrong with you people? We need a purpose in our hearts that we will not defile ourselves with what the world is trying to feed us. Do you know what they're trying to feed you? Because they're trying to give it to you in shovelfuls. We don't need any of that. We need this right here. His word is true. We don't need the world's version of truth. We need God's version of truth. You know, they're doing it with our children. They're doing it with your young ones, your loved ones, your teenagers. They're teenagers. Have you looked at what the world says a man is today? You got dudes with earrings. You got dudes with nose rings. You got dudes that don't even look like dudes anymore. The and They're going around saying, I'm a girl. And you're thinking, I don't even know what to say on that. We changed what the world the world says a man is. We changed it. A man. You know what God's definition of a man is? Are you ready for this? You want to be a man? You want to be God's man? Then you're somebody who leads your family, loves your family as the husband, as the man of the household. You are the priest of your household. In other words, you go to God. On behalf of your family, you're the prophet. You tell your family what's right and what's wrong spiritually. You're the provider. You're the one that brings home the food, the money for your family, and you are the protector. Nobody gets through you to get to your family. That's what God describes as a man. Daniel didn't just stop right there, though, because we need to cleanse ourselves as cups. We're Christians under pressure under lots of pressure, and the world bumps us and jostles us and harasses us, and we're spilling water everywhere. Daniel didn't just stop right there. It was me and Daniel 6 verse Now, Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went into his house, and his window being opened in his chamber, even in the background. All the people had become jealous of Daniel. Daniel was the head of all the princes, and there were three main princes that reported to Daniel Daniel was the head of them. If you have an older version, you might say president. It doesn't matter. But they were rulers over Babylon. They began to be jealous of Daniel. Daniel was the one they all reported to, and Daniel would then take it to the king. And they're like, we've got to get this Jew out of here. Number one, he doesn't look like us. He doesn't talk like us. He doesn't act like us. He is not trying to be a woman. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. He's just trying to be God's man. we got to get this guy out of here. Like, hey, what we're going to do, we're going to find some way to get him out of here. And if the, you'll read through Daniel 6, you're going to find out they can find no fault with him, except for every day Daniel prays to God. And so we'll just come up with a way to get Daniel in trouble, because we know he's going to pray to God. And so they create an order and bring it into that idiot king, and they tell him, sign this. And he signs it into law. And what that law was is that if anybody prayed to anybody other than the king for 30 days, they'd be put into the lion's den with me in verse 10 now. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. He knew this was just made into law. He went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees. Three... Times a day and pray and gave thanks before his God as he did a In other words, I'm not changing because the world thinks I should change. I'm going to stay the way God wants me to be. I'm going to stay in his power, in his love, in his word, in his will, in his house, with his people. I am a Daniel and we got to start daring to be Daniels in this world today. And it's Daniels, we don't need to eat what the world is offering us. We need to do what Daniel did. And that means we need to get on our knees and start praying. Not once, not twice. Three times a day. And start telling this world what you've got to feed us is not interesting to us anymore. Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed. And they're going to find him. They're going to catch him praying. They're going to run straight to the king. He said, Daniel, praying. and Daniel's praying. Some of us get embarrassed about praying. We think it sounds of embarrassing sometimes, but I can't do that in public. You want to hear a true story from Pastor, real quick? I was in Austin, Texas, y'all. So I was working with Violent game Task Force. I had a whole bunch of cops, a whole bunch of cops around. I was working on a particular group called the Tongle Blast. I'll tell you more about that some other time. While there, though, I was in the hotel room with five or six other cops, and that was not a pleasant place to be. It is, but I was a Christian. I was pastor of a church. And God said it's time to pray. And I looked around at all these half police officers on their phones. They weren't asleep. And I was like, I've got to do this right now. Everybody's looking at me. God's like, that's what you should be doing on your knees. That's what you do every night. So I slid out of that bed, plus the lights were down low, and I slid out quietly, quietly down on my knees, going through to pay attention. As soon as I hit my knees, out of a sudden, the hotel room door kicked open. Boom! In comes the SWAT team, and they start running, and they stop right in front of me on my knees. They're like, Officer Morrison, what are you doing? Can I be honest with you? When you decide to do it God's way, the world is going to kind of jostle you, going you, kind to of splash you, kind to of embarrass you trying to make you not want to do God's will, but I'm here to tell you right now because I was praying openly, I was able to lead several of those officers to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. They are no longer officers. They are now pastors in our area. All because Jesus Christ wants us to stay faithful. You don't need to stay faithful. You're a Christian under pressure. Trust me, we know. God knows. Everybody knows how hard it is to walk through those cramped, packed worlds. And the devil's hitting you, the world's hitting you, your flesh is hitting you, your family's hitting you, your church is hitting you, people you love are hitting you, everybody's hitting you, causing you to splash, 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 And pretty soon you say, I'm run out of water. You're not running out of water. What you're running out of is your time with God. Turn around, get yourself back in the presence of God, and get a refill, and that's what you need right now. Daniel knew the Bible tells us in verse 10 here. He was signed in a law, he said, so I'm going to pray anyway. We're going to be cut to cleanse ourselves. We've got a purpose in our hearts not to defile ourselves with the kings meat. And two, we've got to become people of prayer. We've got to be some praying people. Are you a praying person? Let me ask you a question. Dad, do you pray for your family? And I'm not talking about it at dinner time. You know, the traditional dinner time prayer? You ever heard that before? Rubble dub dub thanks for the grub. I prayed today. No, you didn't. No, you don't. How about this one? This one really cracked me up once. I was pastor at Northside Baptist Church. Someone came down, we asked him to pray. He said, Good Lord, good meat, good food, let's eat. He said, that's a prayer. I said, no, it's not. That's not a prayer. Can I ask you a question when was the last time you prayed to God? When you pray to God, your heart goes out. There. Oh, I understand. You might be sitting there saying, I don't have these elegant words. You don't need those elegant words. All you need is God. I need you, God, I want to be with you. God, I want to do your will. And when you'll truly put your heart in the hands of the Savior, you'll find him changing you, rearranging you. And if you're empty, he will fill you back up and he'll send you back out into this world because you got work to do, Christian. Get up off of your backside and get back into the race of life. God needs faithful workers here today. And they're dying outside. They're dying inside of this for us to get ourselves back in there. Daniel, purposed in his heart not to be fed with the food of the world. He purposed in his heart to do it God's way. You know, I often think about what's going to happen when these guys who have made themselves into girls, and they die, and if Jesus doesn't come back, you know, he can come back whenever he wants to. That's up to him, not up to me. But if Jesus doesn't come back after they're dead and somebody excavates them, and they start looking in there, and they're like, this was a man. I wonder what they're going to do about that. Are they going to get mad? Are they going to get mad about it then? I wonder about those things. Also, have taken a lot to learn from Daniel, where Daniel said, hey, I have got to be a person of prayer. And no matter what the world says, I need to be talking to God. You you know, need to be talking to God. You're going to be a cup that's clean. You need to be talking to God. Let's look at the third one because I'm running out of time here. Daniel 9, verse 2. Listen to Daniel here. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, I, Daniel, understood by books. The number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolation with be. How did Daniel come to that knowledge? Because he stayed where? That's right. In God's Word. In God's Word, His Word is true. You can trust it. You can take it to the bank. It will be there when everything else starts falling. And let me tell you something about the Bible while I'm going on it. The Bible is inerrant. It is infallible, and it is in. Inspired, and you can believe it from cover to cover. And i tell you right now, God did not use evolution to create us. No, He spoke this world into existence. And He reached down into the dirt of the ground and He formed mankind because He is God. Daniel, the purpose in his heart and not follow himself. Daniel, who said, I'm going to be a person of prayer, also said, I'm going to be a man Gonna have water of life back in your cup. Get back in the Bible. Get back in the Bible. That is something that we often look over, don't we? Well, I read my devotion today. No, 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 no. Devotion don't cut it. Get back in the Word of God. Get back in the Word of God. What well, not a workbook, Josh? You know, we have a class that's going on. I love the class. That's called Experience of God. It's a great class. I want really wanted everybody to be a part of that. I understand, though, it's a, it's a commitment, it's hard, uh, but you really want to experience God? You don't need a workbook. You need the Bible. That's what you need. You need to get your heart in His hand and let Him shake you. Let Him take you down to the potter's house and let Him form you into the cup you need to be. You know, if I got a chance to shake myself, I wonder what kind of cup I'd look like. You ever thought about that for a second? What kind of glass would you be? Some will say, I'd be fine crystal glass. You know what I'd be if I had a chance to choose? I'd be a looking glass. I'd be a mirror. God, I don't want anybody seeing what's behind there and looking at. No. Truth is, I'd want to be that glass you could drop, that wooden one. The one you could drop, the one that takes a beating, keeps on coming back. The one that still holds water, even though the kids throw it outside, leave it outside kids get a drink of it at the water hole and they leave it there the next day and they still pick up the cup and drink out of it and they throw it back down in the ground in the mud and they're playing football and step on it and it's still there and they pick it up with the dirt and they still drink it. Kids, you know. I want to be that kind of glass. And you know, we need to learn that the world is going to abuse us. The world is going to use us. The world is going to test us. The world is going to curse us. The world is going to put us to the test in everything that we do. But we need to be like those vessels. We need to take the licking and keep on thinking. We need to remember what it says. inside of our own way of thinking. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. We are God's people. And God's people don't quit. God's people say no to the world and say yes to God. Oh, God's people stay in God's word, and God's people rely on God's word to come true. And we got the picture here of Daniel staying in God's word. He says, I understood by books the number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. And we will talk about prophecy. We want to talk about understanding prophecy. Yeah, you could do that. You could go that way if you want to, but I think the big picture here is that Daniel was reading the Word of God. You need to be reading the Word of God. Cups are supposed to be saucered. Did you know that? Cups are supposed to. That's why we put a saucer under the cup. When I first went to Poland, first thing they did say, you want some tea? I was like, Yeah, I want some tea. And they didn't bring me a glass of unsweet tea, they brought me a big steaming cup of hot. I don't know what that stuff was. All I know is when I took it I put my pinky out, y'all. I didn't know what to do. When in doubt, pinky out, amen. I did. I was fancy. I drank some hot tea, man. Praise God. And then when I left there, I found the first water faucet I can. <laughs> I drink drinking a stuff like that. That's trash. No wonder we won the Revolutionary War. We ain't drinking it ever again. Hallelujah. Oh. So, oh. but they, under every cup they gave me, they put a saucer. Because they knew it was a You should expect the world to drop. You should expect the world to test you, to bump you. And when they do, you need to think about this. coming kind of out. Can I ask you a question? Have you been bumped lately? Have you? Can you say, Pastor, I think i respond the way to system you. I did something I'm not supposed to. I'm challenging you. Would you dare to be a Daniel? Would you dare to be a Daniel? Would you dare to be a person that has principles? purpose in my heart, and well, I will not defile myself. Could you dare to be a Daniel? You say, Pastor, I want to be a person of prayer like Daniel. I will keep God's Word. I won't fall into sin, but let me tell you, reading God's Word, oh, you need to make it a priority. You need to dare to be a Daniel. To do that, you got to have principles, and your principles need to be more important than what the world is. To be a Daniel. You need to be a person of prayer. And even when the world says you shouldn't be praying, you should be praying. You need to have prayer as a priority. Reading God's word. When's the last time you've been in God's word? Surprisingly, few, few uh, research did a, a poll on modern day Christians. you know most Christians? The majority of Christians, over fifty percent, of well over fifty percent, Only time kind of read the Bible Sunday morning. Did you know that? Isn't that a shame? That is a shame. We need to be people of priority. We need to make the Word of God a priority. Have you been jostled, grasped? Have you had your cup emptied a little bit lately? i want to ask you to come this morning. You don't need to talk to me. You need to talk to Jesus. Come on to the office Jesus. I need a grief. I've been bumped, jostled everywhere. And I'm feeling like I'm running on dry. You know what? Can I, can I give you another scripture? Are you ready for this? Where sin hath abounded. Grace did much more. Would you be willing to come this morning? Say, Jesus, fill me back. Fill me back. You say, Pastor, I need to be a part of this church. Would you be willing to come this morning? and say, Pastor, I need to be saved this well, morning. I'm going to tell you how to get saved. I'm going to you the Bible tells us how we put Jesus in our lives. In fact, it's very specific about how He it. Very specific. Are you ready? This may come as a child. Believe. <laughs> Would you be willing to come this morning? Would you be willing to come and share with everybody here, I believe Jesus died for me, and I accept Him as what He is, the Lord and Savior of my life, and He now has right over me. I'm dying to myself that he might live in me. Take me, use me. I got water to pour out and Lord God you can pour anything into my cup and use me from now on. Whatever the case may be, we'll to come this morning. We're going to have a word of prayer If you spoke to you. I'm going to ask you to humble yourself and come. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name and I ask you to take shot. If there'll be anyone, Lord God, that need to become a Christian this morning, need to get saved, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of Lord that they come and put them in their We Father God, that we become members of God's Sandley Baptist Church. And they be that be day. Or, Lord, there may be some that are Christians and they are members, Lord, but they need a resource. Let's you the day they come and be filled back up with the water of life. I want to give you the praise, honor, and glory and ask you to take charge. Amen. But Jesus' name, we pray. Would you, would you come with me, things? I need thee every hour. Come on. Would you come this morning? this morning. come this morning. Last verse just for you. What did you come this morning? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our God is good. Mitchell, Heidi, come on up. Church, you may know Mitchell and Heidi. They're a beautiful little baby here. What? And they say, we need to put Jesus in our heart. They have asked Jesus in their heart and repented of sin. If you're going to pray for them, support them with the same end. Well, so we're going to be working with them as they learn a little bit about the Baptist life. They're not coming from, from Baptist church and the Baptist life. So we're going to spend some time with them and spend some time... Uh, working with them and they have requested to join our church by baptism. And so, uh, let's be in prayer for them and pray for those that will be working with them and praying that God will speak to them and, and draw them into that. you are going to love them, support them, pray for them. Say amen. amen? That sounds pretty unanimous to me. So, make sure you come up and hug Mitchell and Heidi's neck. Say hello to this precious little uh, wonderful baby there. I forgot your baby's name. Baby. Matilda. Amen. Matilda. Beautiful. I think she's got your nose. Amen. <laughs> <It did. laughs> well, my goodness. So with that being said, don't forget uh, our service is coming on this afternoon, this evening, especially if you're in that ministry team and you can be there at 4 o'clock today. With that being said, I'm proposing the word of prayer, and I will see you guys this afternoon. Uh, Brother Robert Wade, would you close a few today, sir?